chapter twenty five of young people's treasury volume six famous travels and adventures by hamilton wright maybe this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b the midnight sun by langley coleridge norway is a land of pure delight to the traveller there are no picture galleries to make one's neck ache no museum to make the weary feet throb no promenades no sherry cobblers to sip while bands play in the gardens no continuations of london and brighton there are no crowds you may see a magnificent waterfall all by yourself or ascend a hundred riggies without meeting a soul there are no loafers and you may get into boats and out of boats into carrioles and out of carrioles without one hump-backed beggar-boy or man with his eye in a sling to whine at you or one officious person getting in the way in order to be paid for it there are no mammoth hotels where you have to climb a dozen flights of stairs before you can reach your bed no billiards when once you have left the three chief towns no stuffy railways to whiz you past the best scenery no dressing for dinner now all these things to one who has been over and over again to the most civilized places in the world are very refreshing and yet these are perhaps but minor points and do not explain the secret of the great charm of norway brit van winkles was a wonderful sleep he woke and found the world had gone forward a hundred years but the traveller who sleeps on the north sea and wakes up in the morning in norway has had a more wonderful sleep he wakes and finds the world has gone back half a millennium southward the countries of europe have struggled and slaved in the race for the perfection of civilization while norway is as it was in the beginning southward the countries have obeyed the watchword forward norway has obeyed the signal as you were now fancy yourself arriving at a little village in an out-of-the-way place in norway nobody flutters about your carriole to escort you to a hotel but you enter the station a low rambling wooden structure with diffidence you see the lady of the house and shake hands with her you ask her to be good enough to let you stay there the night you enter a bedroom where everything is plain as a deal box but clean as a dutch tulip then you sit down with the family in the general room to your meal it will assuredly consist of either trout and salmon or salmon and trout with perhaps an egg perhaps potatoes perhaps black bread no bass but perhaps some norse all a very pleasant beverage after supper you will smoke a pipe with your landlord who will probably invite you to see the pigs or will lend you a hand to splice up any broken harness of your carriole about nine or ten o'clock you will go to bed in the broad daylight if it be summer time and in the morning you will wake up finding the landlady's daughter at your bedside with a delicious cup of hot coffee and a natty little roll or perchance a biscuit and then still early in the morning you will bid farewell as to old friends you will shake hands all around and away in your carriole to drive through romantic scenery and to feel as though norway had been made specially for you before you have been two days in the country you will love the quaint unsophisticated people so hearty in their kindness so ungrudging in their hospitality and their old-world manners and customs so genuine in an age of sham so solid in an age of veneer one great charm of norway then is its people another and perhaps more to be appreciated by some 
is its scenery is it like switzerland no norway is only like norway it is not so grand as regards the height of its mountains yet its grandeur is far more solemn it has a dozen fjords more startling than the lake of lucerne in a day's journey you will pass waterfalls and cascades which would make a fortune to proprietors in switzerland and are not so much as mentioned in the norwegian guidebooks switzerland is grand beyond compare but it must be confessed it is a monotonous grandeur not so with norway its charms of scenery are varied as they are unique a coast wild and rugged mighty pine forests interminable lakes beautiful as windermere fjords awful in their grandeur valleys rich in their fertility fields bare and barren sport with the gun sport with the rod these and a hundred other charms may be entered in the catalogue but all these are outweighed by the strange weird beauty and grandeur of the neighbourhood of the north cape i know of nothing that comes within the range of tourist experiences that will make a more lasting impression on the memory than a day or two in the region of the midnight sun for the student the professional man the overworked generally and especially those whose brains are overworked there is no tour that will be more beneficial than the one i propose briefly to sketch go to christiansand then if you have never been to norway proceed to christiania and after staying a day or two in that interesting town and neighbourhood continue your journey either to trondheim or bergen it matters not which or better still if you can do both the trip to one the other or both will give you a good idea of scenery in norway at either bergen or trondheim take the steamer for hammerfest and then will commence one of the most delightful voyages it is possible to make the steamer keeps close to the shore and the shore is the most curious in the world you have but to look at a map to see its wonderful indentations you cannot realize them until you find yourself now in a bay or a cove now among groups of islands then in the midst of a fjord with sheer rocks rising perpendicularly from the sea and anon in the harbour of a little town with groups of wandering peasantry around you you will see some parts of the coast so wild that you cannot credit the fact that human beings can be found there and you will find verdant nooks so peaceful and pretty that you will be tempted to think that there away from the world you would like to build your house and finish up your days at one time you will come to the haunts of waterfowl innumerable at another a shoal of whales will be around you the towns and villages at which you will halt will have a special charm the curious costumes of the people the antique architecture of their houses and churches the good but old-fashioned contrivances connected with their fishing avocations all these will be novel among the red-letter days of the trip will be a sail among the lofoden islands jagged as the jaws of a shark and swarming with sea-fowl a glimpse at the neighbourhood of the maelstrom so celebrated in fable a visit to a lap encampment and an occasional stroll through some of the towns at which the steamer stays tromso is one of these halting places it is a modern town which has grown rapidly it was only founded in seventeen ninety four and in eighteen sixteen had but three hundred inhabitants now owing to the success of its herring fishery it has grown strangely for norway and has a population of over five thousand it is charmingly situated on an island 
and its rich fertility contrasts most singularly with the wildness of the surrounding mountains hammerfest too is interesting not only because it is the most northerly town in the world and because in the season it is crowded with representatives of all nations who come here to trade but because here you are within the limits of the region of the midnight sun and from here you will take your boat unless you continue by the vadso steamer for the north cape the effect of the midnight sun has been variously described carlyle revels in the idea that while all the nations of the earth are sleeping you here stand in the presence of that great power which will wake them all bayard taylor delights in the gorgeous colouring and each traveller has some new poetic thought to register for myself the midnight sun has a solemnity which nothing else in nature has midnight is solemn in the darkness it is a hundredfold more solemn in the glare of sunlight richer than ever is sun under tropical skies it is silence as of death not the hum of a bird not the buzz of an insect not the distant voice of a human being silence palpable you do not feel drowsy though it is midnight you feel a strange fear creep over you as if in a nightmare and dare not speak you think what if it should be true that the world is in its last sleep and you are the last living ones yourselves on the verge of the eternal ocean it is amusing afterwards to think of the way in which you landed on your excursion to the north cape how everyone seemed impressed with the same idea that it was a sacrilege to break the silence and the party that set forth in high spirits had settled down into the gravity of a funeral cortege and it is strange how the stillness and awfulness felt while in the little boat upon the silent sea held you spellbound and entranced and the spell could not be broken until you set to work on the difficult climb to the head of the north cape and when you reached the top you felt well i don't know how to some standing on the highest part of the plateau a thousand feet above the sea and looking away to that great unknown arctic ocean it has seemed as if they had come to the end of the earth that they were gazing upon the confines of the eternal regions that they saw in the distance the outlines of the land of which it is said there is no night there every tourist's mind had its own particular magnet i do not know what event in the history of a tourist's life most attracts my memory no one can ever forget the day when he first gazes upon jerusalem from the mount of olives or damascus seen from the mount of mohammed or the sunny morning when he rounds the golden horn and constantinople bursts on the view these are memories which never grow dim and i am inclined to think that when a tourist finds himself in a small boat at midnight drawing near to the north cape in the midst of the most gorgeous sunlight ever seen he has found a sensation which will be green in his memory to the day of his death in this brief paper i have not found time to be practical the trip to the north cape should be made in june or july it may be made in august or september and in the latter month there is a chance of seeing the first blushes of the aurora borealis i am much inclined to think that a winter excursion to the north cape would be one of the grandest sensations that the tourist's heart could wish but of this i am not in a position to judge if my readers are like myself they never bring one summer trip to a close before they have arranged in their own minds for the next and so i throw out the hint that ere the north cape shall be scribbled over with the names of smith and jones 
air excursion boats with ethiopian serenaders on board shall put forth from hammerfest ere a big hotel shall stand upon the summit and a man shall blow a horn to announce when the sun is at its best it will be well to consider whether a trip to the north cape is not worth serious consideration end of chapter twenty five